So I want to talk to you guys this morning a bit about friendships. Friendships, I think friendships and relationships are something uh, that we all naturally uh, crave. We all naturally have a desire for. In fact, I believe uh, it's something that we all uh, need in our lives in order to be at complete health. Uh, Here at, at CTC, we have what we call city life groups because we like to say we don't like to do life alone. City Life Groups are going to launch again come February. Please, if you've never signed up for a life group, stop by the connect table on your way out and find out all the ones we have to offer. But we just don't like doing life alone. A couple phrases that I've heard regarding friendships and best friends is this. One, one, and I don't know if everyone agrees with it, but one thing that you hear is they say, you show me your five best friends, I'll show you your future. Now, in some seasons of my life, I've seen that to be true. The people I'm closest to, I began to carry myself like dress like, look like, act like, talk like. But then I've heard a a pastor uh, by the name of Jeremy Foster out of of Texas use a a bit more detailed, and I like how he said it. He said, you have the combined health, wealth, and attitude of the people you're closest to. Basically meaning this, the combined health, if you hang out with people that basically eat Doritos, donuts, and drink soda all day and don't care about what they put in their body, and that's the people you do life with the most, I'm not talking about just your influence, but the people you do life with the most, eventually you're going to be, have those same habits. Wealth meaning if you spend the majority of your time with people who burn money and waste it and have no intention on saving, don't uh, calculate how important it is to make a good income, eventually you're going to fall into those traps. And at the same as attitude, if you spend the majority of your time with people who gossip, complain, and slander others, believe me when I say, if that is your circle that you spend the majority of your time with, I believe it's inevitable. If you can't have an influence on all five of them, that they're going to have that influence on you. But what I do want to talk about a little further beyond when we talk about friendship is best friends. If you're here with your best friend this morning, can you raise your hand? Who's here with their best friend? Married couples better have their hands up. <laughs> but some of you are here with your best friend. I love, I love the phrase best friend. I think it's, it's, it's a cool phrase. I think it's important. I know sometimes we use different things. We say besties and compas and everything else. But I, I think it's, it's really cool to have uh, people that you do life, that you just walk a little tighter with, a little closer with, the people that just know you a little more uh, than others. A lot of times your best friend is, is, a, is a person who you go furthest back with or you just spend the most time with. Uh, But the unfortunate part is that even with our best friends, even with the people closest to us, how many have found out that no matter how much they love you, how much they care about you, and how much life you've done uh, together with them, eventually, because we are human and live in a broken world, people on this earth will let you down. It doesn't mean that your relationship has to be over, but they will let you down They will disappoint you. They will hurt you. They will misunderstand you. It just happens. But what if I told you that there's a person that can be your very best friend, your truest best friend, a best friend that will never leave your side no matter how low you fall or no matter how high you go, no matter how much success you reach, hello. A best friend that will be there with you no matter how far you move, no matter how, how your family dynamic is, a best friend that knows you better than you know yourself and will do this life with you and will not only do it with you, but will lead you in this life. This best friend I'm talking about is the Holy Spirit. 
Some of you appreciate that, and some of you I kind of lost a little bit. Some of you guys are like, uh-oh, it's about to get weird. Get the blankets out. If you have a, a, a misinterpretation of the Holy Spirit, the first thing I'm going to tell you actually is go back to the CTC app, which I hope you all have, and go to November 11th. Because this man right here preached a beautiful message on the Holy Spirit that helped, helped us all understand the person of the Holy Spirit, the helper of the Holy Spirit, so much uh, clearer and had such a, we get a, a better understanding from the way he preached it. Because unfortunately enough, too many of us, when we hear the Holy Spirit, we think of, uh, we, automatically our mind goes to gifts, actions, emotions, but the Holy Spirit is a person. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning. And the Holy Spirit is wants to be and should be your very best friend. The title of this message this morning is Your True Best Friend. So what I want to do is I want to, I've never drank water during a message before, but this is going to, I always have it. And I've, that, that works. All right. So the, the, with this message, what I want to do is I want to paint a picture. I want to paint a picture about the, uh, using the relationship of Jonathan and David and I want to use this simple two-verse conversation that Jonathan and David had, and I want to use it as a model as of how the Holy Spirit can be our best friend. And as a bonus, you can take the five points that I'm going to use today, and you can measure it up to the closest people to you. Like I said, this is not something that you're going to get from your whole influence. One thing I like to say to our youth is I pray that you all have a big influence. I hope you reach as many people as possible. I hope everybody in here has a, a bunch of social media friends and, and everybody, everybody likes to hear your voice. And because I think because we're uh, followers of Jesus, we should have a good influence. We should want to have a big influence because we want to pe- people to hear about Jesus. But at the same time, just like Jesus, we should have a, a large influence and a small circle. We should have a, a small group of people that we truly do life with, the people that you can confide in, the people that you speak into their life, and you give them your ear, meaning you allow them to speak into yours. So you can use these five points to measure that to uh, your friendships. So if you're new to church or don't know much about uh, this person named David, David was a person in the Bible who's probably most well known for defeating a giant by the name of Goliath with a slingshot. But if you don't know, David was also anointed king as a very young man. There was a king by the name of Saul. Saul was the king of the Israelites. In fact, the people requested him. God was not in a position. God didn't necessarily want to anoint Saul king. God, God was, but he was at a place because of the God he is. He allowed them the desires of their heart, even though at that time he said, you don't need a king. But he, but he allowed Saul to be king. But while Saul was still king of the Israelites, uh, Solomon went over and found this young man by the name of David and anointed him king by way of the direction of God. He was the king that God chose, David. David became a mighty warrior. And as he was a mighty warrior, still under King Saul, he began to get an influence and praise from the people that was greater and higher and actually uh, more, uh, I could say, accolades than Saul himself. He became such a great warrior that Saul began to feel threatened to this section right here. I'm going to say petty, salty. Y'all know what I'm talking about. It's the youth kids up front for the recording. So at the time, Saul became so angry and bitter that he wanted to kill David and David had to go on the run. All at the same time, Saul had this son by the name of Jonathan. Jonathan became best friends with David. David and Jonathan did life 
together. David and Jonathan understood each other the way best friends do. Are you with me on that? And it brings us to this conversation. Prior to this, uh, prior to this verse, it says that the Lord would not allow Saul to find David. But Saul was looking for him to the point where David had to stay in caves. He had to stay in a cave for a while. He had to build uh, his own army. He wasn't uh, welcome at the palace anymore, but he continued to fight the Philistines. He continued to battle for the nation of Israel, even though he was on the run from his own king, knowing that he was anointed king as well. And it brings us to this conversation. So we go to the part, the first part, and it says this. It says that Jonathan went to David. I believe that was significant to begin with because it says that Saul was not allowed to find David. Saul didn't know where he was, but Jonathan went straight to David. Now, mind you, no GPS, no phones. This was in a time where it wasn't as easy to go out into the wilderness and find people. But Jonathan went to David. Write down this first point. Your best friend knows where you are. Understand this as we go through the rest of the conversation, the rest of this message, you're going to see that not only did Jonathan know where David was physically based on the conversation, he understood where he was mentally. He understood where he was emotionally. I believe he even understood in that position where he was spiritually. I encourage you, church, find yourself best friends who know where you are that can look across the room in a crowded room of people and say, hey, you're not doing okay. We need to go pray on this. Hey, I heard you're back hanging out over there. I know you better than that. Have best friends who know where you are. That's why I'm so big on accountability. I'm so big on mentorship. Have best friends that you allow to know where you are in every aspect. How do we know that the Holy Spirit knows where we are? It says in John chapter 16, verse 13, that when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. Anybody here ever been headed uh, to a function or a gathering and couldn't find how to get there, so they had to call a person who was already there? Anybody ever been there? What's the first question they ask you? Where are you now? Because there's no such thing as a person that can guide who doesn't know your current location. The Holy Spirit always knows where you are because by nature he is your guide the holy spirit always knows where you are so even when you are battling depression even when you are battling frustration even when you are battling hurts from your childhood even when you're in your joyous moments the holy spirit is right there because he knows where you are because it's his job to guide and navigate through every one of those emotions every one of those thoughts every one of those seasons your best friend the holy spirit knows where you are So it says that Jonathan went to David and he strengthened his faith. One version says that, that he, that he strengthened, he strengthened his right hand. He encouraged him, encouraged him in his faith. I don't think we need a bunch of commentary for point number two. Your best friend encourages you in your faith. Your best friend encourages you in your faith. Please surround yourself with people who care that you are in a city life group. Surround yourself with people that care that you are serving in church, that, that, that reminds you of the goodness of God in your life, that reminds you, that reminds you uh, who, who, who you were and who you are now, that encourage you in their faith, people that, that will, will do life with you and, and, and remind you uh, where God's leading you as a family, where God's leading you as an individual, where God's leading us as a church, that encourage us in our faith. How do we know that the Holy Spirit encourages us in our faith? 
Let's go back to John chapter 16, verse 13 for a minute, because it says, when the spirit of truth comes, it will guide you into all truth. When we skip down to John chapter 17, verse 17, it says, make them holy with your word. Your word is truth. Let's go back. 16, guide you into all truth. Your word is truth. Guide you into all truth. Your word is truth. We following? Guide you into all truth. Your word is truth. The Holy Spirit encourages us by guiding us to the word. There is nothing more encouraging than the word of God. There is nothing, no one or any, any, any type of power that can speak to you greater than these words written in this book right here. The Holy Spirit will bring words back to you, will bring verses back to you. The Holy Spirit brings verses back to me from the 90s in Awana. But understand this, the Holy Spirit will not, it's not going to create verses in you. The Holy Spirit brings it back to you, which means what do we need to do? We need to take in a daily diet of the word of God. If we want that encouragement, if we want the, the Holy Spirit to bring uh, those words back to us uh, uh, by way of reading the word, uh, through worship songs, sometimes through a, through a message that you listen to, sometimes through someone speaking to you, we've got to get a daily dose of the word of God so he can bring it back to us. He, your best friend encourages you with the word. We're firm believers of the prophetic here. Matter of fact, we have a prophetic uh, leadership weekend coming up the first weekend of February. I, I encourage anyone and everyone, please uh, look ahead for that. Block that weekend off. Uh, many times uh, by way uh, of, of that uh, weekend, many people are encouraged by the Holy Spirit by way through these prophets, encouraged uh, to go a certain direction, encouraged uh, to take certain steps in their faith, certain steps in their career, certain steps uh, in, in ministry life uh, because they are being encouraged by way of the Holy Spirit through these people. I encourage you, please sign up for that. The next part, Jonathan gets a little edgy. Jonathan gets a little edgy and he goes to David and he says, Saul's not gonna find you. Saul can't stop you. He's not gonna find you. Now mind you, Jonathan is a good son. His dad is the king, but he still gets to the point where he tells David, hey, understand this, he's not gonna find you. How often do we get to a point where we sometimes magnify obstacles and troubles? Do we ever get to a point where we show too much attention and give too much praise to those things, thoughts, ideas, seasons that are up against us? But I love that Jonathan went to David and said, Saul is not going to find you. He's not going to stop you. Note this, your best friend denounces your enemy. I believe we've got to be the type of friends, the type of best friends that we, that we are ready and willing to take a phone call and say, hey, I heard the diagnosis. That is not your story. Our God is greater than that. We believe in a God of healing. We believe in a God of restoration. I, I, I pray that we be the best friends and have the best friends that encourages, encourage us to take big steps of faith. Encourage us, encourage us to take big leaps of faith because our enemy is defeated. And it's our job as friends, and it's our job to surround ourselves with people that denounce our enemy, not lifts up our enemy, not brings fear to our minds and hearts when we talk to them about that. Amen? The fourth one, 
I, I, I get excited about this one. It's so cool. Jonathan tells David, you are going to be the king of Israel. You are going to be the king of Israel. Think about it. This man is on the run for his life. The current king is looking to kill him. And Jonathan tells him, you are going to be the king of Israel. I love the fact that we can have best friends in our life that can remind us who we are called to be. Please note this. Your best friend reminds you who you are called to be. We've got to be people that even when, when, when we're in low points or when we see our friends in low points, when we see the people that we serve with in low points, our family members in low points, we have to be able to, to remind them this. Hey, you're going to preach the gospel. We, we heard you're going to be a worshiper. We know it was placed in your heart to serve with gladness, to serve mightily, to reach nations, to reach your campus, to reach your job. We've got to be the type of people that remind our friends, remind our family who they are called to be. We can't always highlight their current situation. There are times for that, but we've got to remind them who they are called to be. And actually the last one is this. As they, as they move forward, Jonathan told David one last thing. He said, I'm going to remind you who you're called to be, and I'm going to be right there with you. Your best friend is with you. One thing that we got to understand is that there are people who are with us and people who are with us. Do you understand what I'm saying by that? Uh, the best friends that are going to be by your side, uh, even uh, when you're at your lowest points, the best friends are going to be by your side, even at your highest points. And the Holy Spirit, our best friend, is always with us. How do we know that? When Jesus ascended to heaven in Matthew chapter 28, verse 19 and 20, he talked about, he said, go, go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Uh, teach them the way I taught you. And the last thing he said, he said, no, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. How do we know he would be with us always? Because he said, I'm going to leave for my Holy Spirit to come down and be with you. He is always with us, encouraging us, reminding us. So the question is, who are you going to do 2019 with? And I encourage you, walk step by step, day by day with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit encourages you. The Holy Spirit reminds you who you are called to be. The Holy Spirit will bring the words to you that you are a chosen generation, a holy people, God's great possession. We're called to you can give him glory, bringing you out of darkness and taking you into his marvelous light. We have to understand that if we walk step for step with the Holy Spirit, those other people that want to go with you into 2019, Mr. Anxiety, Mrs. Anger, frustration, hurts, bad habits, disobedience to the call of God, Laziness, they cannot coexist with a life that is lived step by step with the Holy Spirit. So the question is, if you're here today and you're saying, well, how do I get the Holy Spirit? How does the Holy Spirit come into my life? 
The answer is the same to every other question we love to answer in here. How does my family get restored? How do I discover my purpose? How do I, how do I live the life I was called to live? The answer is always Jesus. understand this. In order to have the Holy Spirit in your life, the Bible says that if you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you confess with your mouth and believe with your heart, you shall be saved. Jesus being your Savior, meaning this. Jesus being your Savior, meaning this. He died on the cross for your sins so that you might be made right with God and spend eternity with Him. Lord, meaning He is number one in your life. He dictates and determines your decisions. He dictates and determines the direction. You let him take the lead. You walk in tune with, with his word, with his calling, with his voice. Lord and Savior. And the Holy Spirit will come into your life. So I'm going to end uh, with a story. But before that, uh, I'm going to actually I- I- invite the altar workers to come on up. I'm going to invite the altar workers. Because if you've never made a decision... To accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, today is your day. If you've never uh, gotten to a point where you said the Holy Spirit is leading me in life, the Holy Spirit is walking with me in life, today is your day. It says in Romans chapter 8 verse 9 that if, if we are not full of the Holy Spirit, we are not of Christ at all. It's not my words, it's his. It says in the book of John, Jesus said, you want me to go away. You want me to go away so you can have the Holy Spirit. So I encourage you today, if you need healing, if you need restoration in your family, if, if you'd like to come and just receive Jesus, get more of Jesus, if you want to come with your family and pray for your family going into 2019 that you can walk in tune with the Spirit so your decisions can be led by the Spirit, I encourage you to come forward. And I'm going to end with this. My best friend, besides my beautiful wife, of course, my best friend is this guy, his, his name's Johnny. He's a, he's a, he's a Hollywood artist. He went, he lives a really cool life out in Hollywood. He, he paints and does all these cool things. But, uh, but previously to that, he was an artist out of the Phoenix area. And there was a time Karina and I, we traveled up to go to a gallery, a show to go celebrate one of his art pieces or a, a number of his art pieces. And while we were there, uh, many of the people that were in attendance were going around and I'm going to use the phrase that the best I know how flexing how they knew John the way they met John. And they were coming up to us and saying things like, because they didn't know us. We didn't live in town anymore. We lived down here and the rest of them live in the Phoenix area. They'd come up to us and say things like this. You know, me and, me and Johnny run together twice a week. They felt really good about that because John was the, the main person there. Or people come and say, you know, Johnny's my next door neighbor. What are you guys doing here? And they just felt the need to, to share their importance in the room. But as that night progressed, in a crowd of people John called me over and he said this I don't know how many of you have met him but this is my best friend Tyrone I saw the looks on their faces change a little bit their responses and reactions to me changed a little bit but you know where the biggest change was that night in me why is that because the person who was in charge of who got to come in that night and who had to leave. The person who created every piece of art in that room, the person who uh, selected the music, the person who selected the food, the person uh, who organized the entire thing. The reason we were all there 
called me his friend. I walked a little more confident. All of a sudden, I was, I will take that refill, thank you. Mm -hmm. But listen, the person who brought that room together called me his best friend. And I don't know who I'm here to preach to this morning, but the one who makes the sun rise and the sun set, the one who first breathed life into man, the one who conquered death and conquered sin, the one who brought us all in here this morning, who determined that we can live a life of freedom, a life of love, a life of joy, a life full of the Holy Spirit, wants to wrap his arms around you and call you friend. He says, you are his. He said, do life with me in 2019 and you will not fail. I will battle your hurts. I will fight your battles. I will encourage you. I will remind you who you are called to be. I will remind you how you are called to walk.